And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know that where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with a contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Thank you so much for tuning in despite the play of this New York Jets team. The Jets have been outscored 94-37 over three weeks. Each game really getting worse. 36-7 at Indy on Sunday. It was a house of horrors for Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, and company. So now what? We're going to get into it on this edition of the Can't Wait Podcast, Tim McMaster here, along with Connor Hughes and our producer, Marissa Morris. We're going to talk about whether or not Adam Gase is coaching for his job come Thursday night at home against the Denver Broncos and much more. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it and give us a five-star review on Apple. And thank you very much to the best podcast listeners in the world. We asked you delivered. We are over 100 ratings, Connor. Yeah, not only over one one hundred. I mean, we're up to one thirteen. I know that was yeah, a big thing. You, you, yeah, you really wanted that. Was like the the Thursday Friday podcast we recorded whenever whenever that was because all these days kind of blur together right now. But um, especially because I'm going on like an hour of sleep and I need my beauty rest and I'm like dragging right now, man. I'm on like cup of coffee number four. I've been going since like four a.m. Got like a seven a.m. flight home from Indy. I, I wrote on the plane so I didn't even sleep. Then I got home and I've been out and about and I haven't slept and. I'm getting ornery, man, and and this is I'm hungry now too. That's the other thing. Bree's coming home, and then Bree's gonna be cooking, and and I'm waiting for that. And I'm just, what a day, what a day. What was the question? <laughs> we got to 100 subscribers. Oh we, yeah, that's ratings, right. Yeah, ratings. Yeah, but yes. we did, yeah, you made you threw that shout out. You were like, hey, yeah. we need some, we need it, and, and we went from what was it, 97 to 113, and, Boom. and uh, just like that, and not Yeah, and there was most of them were good. There was one that gave us like a three star review, who was a little, I was a little annoyed at that one. I don't, I don't know why they said, I don't know, whatever. We're not going to talk about that person, but <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of five star reviews come on, and I actually did go through. I, I when we first started this podcast. Then we first started having reviews come in. They were like five and 10 or whatever. And people were like, you know, uh, five or 10 reviews total that were coming in. And I was reading a couple of them. They were all really nice. Uh, but I did go back when you threw the shout out for it to like read what people were saying. And I do crack up at like all of them that are like at the very end. It's like, and we love Marissa and Tim. And we love Marissa and Tim. And we love Marissa and Tim. It's my favorite. I love that stuff. So it's kind of cool. We've got a little uh, little, little podcast fam going on over here. I, I like this. We're certainly, I would say we, we are definitely much more of a um a family than than whatever's going on with the birds with friends uh the definitely over there. And, yeah and, i mean we're winners we're, we're not tires so uh we're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep rocking and rolling with that i remember way back when winners we first... i mean let's not get ahead of ourselves okay we well we, the, we ourselves are winners. the jets we are winners. not so much yeah uh i remember one of those early ones after the first few episodes we had done and uh it said like connor's great the other host doesn't know how to pronounce Sam Darnold's name. I was like, no, we need to get more reviews to get this one knocked out of here. But uh, I have since learned how to properly pronounce Sam Darnold's name. And hopefully he'll turn things around and continue to be the quarterback for the New York Jets. Let's get into this, Connor. I don't want to really just break down Sunday's game because it's it's Monday night now. People have done that. They've suffered long enough. It's more about... What do we take from that game going into Thursday? And the big question when we were talking about what we were going to do on this week's podcast, is Adam Gase coaching for his job on Thursday? And one reason yeah. is we've said like when there's a bye week, that's the time to fire a head coach. 
But the Thursday night game is like the next best option, right? Because you have those extra three days to kind of get things in place going forward. Yeah, it's pseudo buy. And and I mean you you put the you kind of touched upon it, man. Yeah, the answer is yes. He's coaching for his job. I mean, I, I don't look, I've I've been a, a defender of, of Adam Gase before. And and when people were calling for his head when this team started one and seven last year, I th- I thought that was completely and, and totally ridiculous. And and the reason that I felt it was completely and totally ridiculous was because you can't fire a coach after eight games when he played a month with not only a start without a starting quarterback, but without his backup quarterback and Trevor Simeon, you know, you, you couldn't fault the coach and rip the coach for, for the state of the jets offensive line. There were so many things that happened to the jets last year, the beginning portion of that season where you just couldn't say Gase has got to go. You got to get him out of there. Did you wish he showed more? Did you wish he got Luke Falk to play you know, some kind of some some semblance of competent quarterback play. Yeah. Where was it understandable why he didn't? Yes. Were you hopeful that that the offense would have been more electric and he could have schemed guys to have success without Darnold in there? Yes. Was it was it understandable why he didn't? Yes, because the Jets again weren't playing without just a backup quarterback. They were playing with with Luke Falk out there. I mean, Luke Falk <laughs> wouldn't have been on, on anyone else's roster, and Luke Falk is not on an NFL roster right now. So it made sense why the Jets struggled, and it made sense why you don't fire a coach. Then you give them the second year, and when the Jets rallied to finish with, with six wins in their final eight, I mean, it, it gave Adam Gase it, – it, it gave a reason to bring him back, and it gave a reason to say, you know what, give him another offseason, a full offseason with Sam Darnold. Give him another chance to show that he's deserving of being this head coach. You know, the, the offense is going into year two. Adam Gase is going into year two. Darnold's going into year two. He's going to have more weapons, a better offensive line. Guys, hopefully, will stay healthy, and then you can see what this can do. But it's to the point now, man, where, like, I, I, I want to get this across that firing Adam Gase now, firing Gase in season, is not going to do anything. Like, it's not going to make some dramatic change. The Jets aren't suddenly going to rattle off 10 straight wins and make the playoffs, and, and it's really not going to make that much of a difference. But it's getting to the point right now where a change is needed. It's getting to the point right now where something needs to happen because – we're through three weeks now, Tim, and 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 the Jets are a disaster. They are an embarrassment. They are pathetic. They are undeniably the worst team in the NFL. They're not even competitive week in and week out. They take the field, and it's like they're completely unprepared for their opponent. The Jets, I, I don't know what they do the week leading into the game, but it's just, it, it nothing works. There's no excitement. There's no, um, it, 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 there's nothing to be enthusiastic about. That At no point in any game this season, from opening kick to the final, the final play or two of the game, have you honestly felt like the Jets had a chance? I mean, the Bills blew the doors off the Jets early. The Niners, first play of the game's a touchdown. This one, first possession for Sam Donald's a pick six. At no point have you ever sat there and said, like, man, I really think the Jets got a chance here. And and that's not all on Adam Gase. I mean, the roster still is brutal. I mean, it really is just a a, a barren wasteland of talent and difference makers. I mean, there this is a problem. And and even the playmakers that the Jets do have, the vast majority of them are on are on the injured list in, in some way, shape, or form with Mims out, Perryman out, Crowder out. But I think what is so damning for me and and why it has gotten to the point where you just cannot defend Gase anymore is that you look at this team, you look at this roster, and over the last 19 games, I honestly cannot tell you one player that has played for this team last year as a carryover into this year that's gotten better. I can't tell you one player that has worked with Adam Gase that is a better player now than before. Chris Herndon looks worse than what he did his rookie year. Sam Darnold, and we're going to get to this in a bit, has undeniably taken a step back. And I just, I, I don't think that the Jets are doing anything right now to, and I should say Adam Gase is not doing anything right now with this team to make you say like, he's the guy. And, and, and it's it's the players that aren't getting better. It, it's the players that are here. And I understand the Jets have a talent issue. That, that You can't mask that. I mean, that is a legitimate excuse. You can rip Gase for always making excuses, but it is a legitimate excuse. The Jets offense 
when you look at the players they started against the Colts, it is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. I mean, the offensive line was legitimately improved from last year, but they played all of last all of Sunday with a, a, their center basically on one leg and then lost their left and right tackle. So you got Connor McDermott and Schumann. Schumann had a decent game, actually, but you got the, those guys are struggling. But still, as a, as a, as a coach, as an offensive-minded coach, like – you're supposed to be able to scheme players above their talent level. You're supposed to be able to take the players that 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 are maybe not that good and make them better than what they are. And and he just doesn't do that. And and with how bad this is getting, with how bad the, the this this has gone, I, I don't need, every week I think we're at rock bottom. And and honestly, the the Jets are 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 still in free fall. So I don't even think we've reached it yet. But it it is to the point now, man, where. If the Jets don't win on Thursday, or if the Jets lose on Thursday, but the offense for whatever, you know, Sam Darnold, there's four touchdowns, offense scores like 28 points, and the defense lets up, you know, 31. If there is not a stark change within this Jets roster Thursday night against an injury-depleted, talent-deprived Broncos team, I don't know how Adam Gase is not this team's, or I, I don't know how you keep Adam Gase as the head coach entering week five. I, ju- I just don't. You have to make the change. As you said, week three is the time. It's a pseudo buy. You'll have 10 days before the next game. You can figure out what you're going to do on offense, what you're going to do in the interim for the head coach, and you can make the change. But if the Jets don't win Thursday, or if the Jets offense does not take a legitimate step forward in that second game, and this is not competitive all the way down to the wire, I, I don't know how he's not coming back again. Like I, I, I don't want to say like they have to win because if the Jets lose a 34-31 game, well the offense just scored 31 points. It's not Adam Gase's fault the defense let up 34. Like you didn't give Adam Gase credit for the defense when they were balling last year. You can't blame Adam Gase for the defense sucking this year. Like it's it's you can't, it's not that's not how it works. So if this offense doesn't ball out on Thursday, or the Jets don't find a way to win on Thursday. There's no reason why this guy should come back, man, because like it's it, there's nothing there's nothing happening those first three weeks. I mean, Christopher Johnson, no playoff mandate, not his thing. He said he's got to see improvement from this team. They, they the Jets are the Jets went from a bad team in 2019 to an utter and complete laughing stock in 2020. That's a fact. Beyond getting worse from last season to this season, you can easily make the argument that they got worse from week one to week two and even worse from week two to week three. And mm-hmm. the thing that I always go back to with Gase is when he's had success in his career as a coordinator and he's always had a, co- a quarterback who was already proven, who's already a good quarterback. He's never, you know, this is different and, and it's very clear that he's not the guy that's going to make a quarterback grow and, and get better to my degree. Now, the one thing you pointed out there is figuring out who the head coach would be, right, if, if Gaze is fired. And obviously, Greg Williams is the guy that is the no-brainer. He's been a head coach. He's the defensive coordinator. But the defense has been awful, too. I mean, you got to make somebody the head coach. But if suddenly Greg Williams is the guy who, through three weeks, it almost seems like he's kind of lost this defense a little bit. Suddenly he's in charge of the whole team. That kind of frightens me a little bit going forward too. Yeah, but he you got to have someone who has head coaching experience, of course, and of and he w- he would be the one. And and actually, what what would be fascinating to see what the Jets decide to do is is on offense. You know, and, right. and what they if if they did move forward and and let Adam Gase go, what would they do on offense? Because I think it's pretty obvious that Greg look Greg Williams has been a freaking disaster this year, and that defensive view that that defense is as much of it. I mean. Adam Gase should have gotten off the plane like from from this trip home from Indy and walked into his office at One Jets Drive and had a bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolates on his desk from from Greg Williams because the hatred that everyone in this fan base has for Adam Gase and 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 how much people want Adam Gase gone it's basically put like this gorgeous shield in front of Greg Williams where right. people are completely ignoring the fact that, that they played a quarterback that is a complete and total statue in the pocket, and they managed two quarterback pressures and one quarterback hit, and it came from Bryce Huff. I mean, Quentin Williams is, is, is invisible. The Jets' soft zone covers absolutely no one. The cornerbacks are a freaking disaster. They can't pressure. They can't stop anyone. And, and you have players, two players. I know everyone put this on Adam Gase. The two players that, that criticized practice were safety, Bradley McDougal and Avery Williamson. They were talking about the defense. They were saying the defense was not practicing hard. That's a big of a slap of a face in any to Greg Williams. And then Greg Williams comes out and says, no, we, only, we know two speeds. Walk through and go. 
And, and all right, well, okay, you know all this. Well, then why the hell were you a complete disaster again against the Colts? Because were you in walkthrough mode on Sunday? Because that's sure as hell what it looked like, right? I mean, but yeah. the, that that is like your only option at head coach. And, and it would be Greg Williams as your interim. And then what they do on defense or offense, I'm sorry, is what would be enticing for me because – you know, Dowell Loggins is basically Adam Gase's right hand man. You know, he's 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 Adam Gase's like sounding board. I he, he yeah, he's their offensive quarterback, but he really just works with the quarterbacks and and is the sounding board for Adam Gase's ideas and stuff, which probably isn't a great, Not a sign. great sounding so, board. Yeah. Right so so do you give the offense that is struggling so mightily under Adam Gase to basically Gase two point in in Dowell Loggins, or do you say Dowell? You just continue to work with the quarterbacks. We're going to let Jim Bob Cooter, who was the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions and Matt Stafford, he's going to be the new offensive coordinator. You're going to be the quarterback's coach. Greg Williams is the defense, or Greg Williams is the interim head coach. Or, or do you just let Dowell go with, um, if you let Dowell Loggins go with Adam Gase? You know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic of what the Jets would do there, do their own offense. But no, I mean, yeah, I mean the defense is, is just as much of a friggin' disaster as the offense. The chat's getting uh, fired up right now. In fact, uh, they're specifically reaching out to Marissa for <laughs> questions. I think like hoping she can kind of like talk them off well, the cliff a little bit. Marissa, what's going on in there? This is a really good question from Michael Agello. He says, I'm conflicted. Do I root for a gay firing and hope the locker room ra- rallies around him and wins a few games? Or is that counterproductive to future plans, draft picks, etc.? Well, I guess he's is he talking about like the Sam Darnold conversation? Like if if you're talking about like draft picks with Sam Darnold, I mean it's it's the doomed if you do. Like, like do you root for like okay, you know that they they think Gase's job's on the line, the team's going to rally and win a few games and bounce back a little bit, or is Gase's that like Gase is on, not the future? So why why wait at that point? Basically? I don't Just know what's going to motivate. I, I I'll be totally honest. I I don't know what's going to motivate this Jets team. I thought that being a professional athlete and getting slapped in the face three straight weeks would send it, or two straight weeks, would send this team into Indianapolis with some kind of chip on their shoulder to not be a absolute disaster. And what you saw was an absolute disaster, an offense that was actually moved the ball before Sam Darnold just imploded all over himself, and a defense that was on pace to give up over 400 yards before the, the Frank Wright mercifully called off the dogs and put Jacoby Brissett in with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know what's going to motivate these guys. Is getting slapped in the face and being a punchline around the NFL going to motivate you? Because if that doesn't motivate you, why the hell are you going to fight for your head coach? I mean, it's it's I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I for for what they're going to root for, it's kind of just it's what it's what everyone wants. I mean, you, you would think this team wants success, right? And and what everyone should ultimately root for, I would think, is 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 Sam Darnold because if if he is a franchise quarterback, well, a lot of your other problems can can be solved. I think that's what you'd root for. But obviously, Sam Darnold being a franchise quarterback is going to lead to some victories. Now, looking across, I mean, I don't know, probably getting all over ourselves right here, but I mean, I don't. I wish I could answer that for what you should root for. I honestly, I honestly don't know because it's, I, I have no, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's the sleep deprivation, but I honestly have no idea what you should root for. I right, look, I've watched this team three straight weeks and th- this is the worst football team I've ever seen in my life. I've covered some bad goddamn teams, man. I covered the Jets in 2014 during Idzix last year. That was a bad freaking football team. I covered the Jets when they were tanking in 2017. That was a bad team. I've covered the Jets in 2016 when they weren't tanking, when they thought they were going to the Super Bowl, and they were a total train wreck. I mean, but that team at least was talented. They just basically were like people throwing crap at each other in the locker room, and it was just a complete and total disaster in there. Um, I, I This is just like th- – this is the only time I've covered a team where they don't compete where week in and week out, they do not compete. They haven't given you a competitive game. They haven't given you a competitive half. You've gotten like a competitive three series from this team in like three weeks, like three consecutive series where they've competed. It was when Sam Darnold threw the pick six. Next drive, he takes him down the field and scores. The Colts then score, and then the Jets drove right right down the field in the red zone, and then Darnold was picked in the red zone. That was a four-play series where interception, touchdown, Colts touchdown, and then another interception, but at least where the Jets were competing, where you're like, maybe they could do something. And then that went out the window. So, like, I I don't – this team's a disaster. I I don't – this team is an absolute disaster, and I I don't know – I don't even know where to start because, like, I look at this roster. I don't – it's not good, but I don't think they were – like, no one expected the Jets to to be a a Super Bowl team. We said, like, maybe they could get to seven wins and sneak into the playoffs. But, like, you look at this team, it's like – they're not this bad. 
Like they're not they're not this awful. Like they 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 no one thought they would be literally they thought we we all thought they wouldn't be good, but not that they would be the worst team in the league. Like they were the basement. It's not even close. Like the Falcons would drop 60 on the Jets. The Giants would drop 50 on the Jets. Like the Dan Orlovsky tweeted, I love Dan, but like like he tweeted out my Owen 16 Lions would beat the Jets 16 straight games. Like that's <laughs> how bad this team is. And it's not that they're just talent deprived. It's not just that they they are struggling in certain areas. It's not just they have a bad offense and they have a bad defense and they have a bad seemingly coaching staff. It's that this team doesn't try. They don't go out there and compete. Like that that is the worst thing you can say about a team. And I don't know why they don't. You would think they would have some semblance of pride, but it's almost like they just don't. And they have team leaders. Steve McClendon's a leader. Marcus May is a leader. Avery Williamson's a leader. You would think Sam Darnold would be a leader. If you have real leaders, you don't let this shit happen week in and week out, man. It's every single week. It's ridiculous. I just I don't I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean the the other reason you talk about rooting for Darnold to get better as a Jets fan, and that's what you need. And the other reason for that is say this team does go 1 and 15, 0 and 16. They have that number 1 pick or the number 2 pick. Well, they won't go, they're not going 0 and 16. Like that right. I, I I'll you can freezing cold take me on that. They'll they'll win a game somewhere here. They might win Thursday night, but I don't think they're going yeah. 0 and 16. But they could win Thursday night and end up two and fourteen. But oh, yeah, one, yeah, one and fifteen, is, two and fourteen on the table. That's on the <laughs> table for you. Yeah. Um, if you get that high pick, do you want? I mean, everyone talks about Trevor Lawrence, tank for Trevor, yada yada yada. But wouldn't you rather know that Sam Darnold is the guy that can be a good quarterback, even if he's not Trevor Lawrence, that can be a, a playoff quarterback that has shown you the skills to be a successful quarterback? Then you can use that pick on something else you need and not a quarterback, which basically just sets you back three years to when you took Sam Darnold three years ago, and you're kind of starting over again. So that's the thing. You're right. You root for Darnold because then you can continue to build this thing with high picks in the draft next June. All right, you guys are still tired. Don't turn to the coffee. Don't get a coffee. Get Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. It's been tough so far, but there's still plenty of excitement. We want to see Sam Darnold get better. We want to see this Jets team turn it around. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day. And because a member of the League of Football Watchers, these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, we've covered Gase. We've covered win for Gase to save his season with the Jets, save Gase. his career. Yeah, let's see if, let's Jets, see if you but... can get that trending on Twitter. Let's see if Jets Nation backs you up there, Tim. Win based for off Gase. the comments oh in the God. chat, I'm going to say Ooh. no. That's I don't know how yeah, that Based off the comments in the thought. chat, let me give you my yeah. Twitter login. Take a look at my mentions. I can oh, Connor, like, it's right. You don't have to give me your Twitter login. I have your password for YouTube, so I probably true. have your password for everything in your uh, life. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Take a look at my portfolio now, too. Yeah, so so Sam Darnold's the other question. We talked about why we should be rooting for him. You know, if he's good, this this team is one step closer to somehow turning this around eventually. But he was worse on Sunday. 17 of 29, 168. Uh, the touchdown, the touchdown drive, which we can probably touch on, was actually good all around. He looked good. The play calling was pretty good. They went down the field 88 yards and scored. And if you just took that eight minutes of this game, you'd feel pretty good. Unfortunately, they played 60 minutes. But the quarterback rating 47 because, Connor, three interceptions, two pick sixes. If you consider the the interception in the in the red zone and the two pick sixes, basically Sam Darnold alone was a 21-point swing in this game. That I I love that everyone just focusing on the the one drive and the one play and the and the the one throw is as just hanging your hat on like oh this is a clear sign that Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback. Like you know you know who else makes one or two of those plays virtually everyone? every single game he plays? Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> is Ryan Fitzpatrick a franchise quarterback? No. You know who else would make one or two plays like that, one or two throws where he'd run around and 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 somehow make a play and and have it stand out? Lucy sighting. Uh, Tavares Jackson. It was Tim Tebow? Jackson, a franchise quarterback. Tim Tebow. Uh, Blake Jeff Bortles. Driscoll. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. On Thursday like, night, maybe. These are professional quarterbacks. Like, they're professional quarterbacks for a reason. They're going to make some plays. The key, and it's what Sam Darnold said directly after the game, is consistency and doing consistency. And the difference between 
franchise quarterbacks and quarterbacks is that they are able to do it consistently. And Sam Darnold, by his own admission, is not doing it consistent enough to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And the thing that I'll say about Sam Darnold, I know this is going to be a lengthy discussion because there is so much to, to unravel here and so much to unpack here, is that you kind of touched upon is that the Jets' worst nightmare is now their reality. The worst of all worst case scenarios when we broke down this 2020 season, and I wrote this a dozen times, is that the worst thing that could happen for the Jets is that they would end this year still not knowing what they have under center. And right now, the Jets still do not know what they have ha- what they have under center because the Jets have criminally failed and eliminated the needed variables to evaluate Sam Darnold and to determine what kind of quarterback Sam Darnold is. He is regressing. He is taking steps back. He makes a couple plays a game where you're wowed, but he does not do it consistently enough for you to be able to say that this guy is a franchise quarterback. And you have no idea if that is because, one, Sam Darnold is not a franchise quarterback. Two, Adam Gase is not the quarterback, not the coach to help Sam Darnold reach that franchise quarterback status. Three, the offensive line for the playmakers around him. It could be any one of those things, but you do not know what it is. Which means that the way that this Jets season is going, there is a very real chance that this is going to be a one, two, or three win team. Whether Adam Gase is the head coach or not, they're going to be a one, two, or three win team. They are that bad. You're going to go into next season, if this thing keeps going that way, having to guess on what's going on with Darnold. Because we're, we're going to talk about it. Trevor Lawrence, say they have the number one, number two pick. Number one, Bengals have it. They go Jamar Chase because they want to get you know the, the top player, the top wide receiver for, for Burrow and, and really take that offense to the next level. So the, Trevor Lawrence is there for the Jets at number two. You're going to have to decide, basically, do you draft Trevor Lawrence or do you pass on Trevor Lawrence? And if you pass on Trevor Lawrence, it is because you are guessing, not knowing, guessing on Sam Darnold. You're basically saying that I think if we give him better playmakers, he'll be better. I think if we give him a better coach, he will be better. You don't know, though. You don't know because there's nothing here to show you. Because over the last three years, the first three years of Sam Darnold's contract, the Jets have not eliminated those variables, so you do know. So you're not going into his fourth year having to guess. So you can fix the playmakers around him. You can give him a better coach. And guess what? Sam Darnold might still take the field and he'll be better. He might be a little improved, but he might not be the franchise quarterback. He might be the guy that needs the perfect situation and everything around him for him to be perfect. He might have to be Blake Bortles with the Jaguars a few years ago when that perfect team and that great defense and that awesome offense, he was able to get them to the AFC Championship game. That might be the situation he's in. You don't know though. You're supposed to know that in year three. You're supposed to have this figured out. And instead, the Jets are going to go into year four if this season keeps going the way they are with just as many questions as they have answers on Sam Darnold. Is it the quarterback that he is? You don't know. Is it the coach that he's working with? You don't know. Is it the lack of playmakers? You don't know. And the reason you don't know is because of the Jets. So when the Jets have to make this decision on do they give up on Sam Darnold, do they keep Sam Darnold, do they roll the dice and assume that Sam Darnold's the guy and pass on Trevor Lawrence, only then to find out Sam Darnold isn't the guy and Trevor Lawrence to be a franchise quarterback, or to take Trevor Lawrence, move on from Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence is a bust, Sam Darnold ends up being a star somewhere else. All of these situations that that could happen, these what-ifs, these possible scenarios, they're all possible because the Jets have completely failed in, in you can say they failed Sam Darnold, yada, yada. That's what I'm talking about. What the Jets have failed is they failed themselves in evaluating their quarterback. And they failed with it because of the coaching hires they've made, because of the players that they've signed, because of their last seven NFL drafts, which have all been absolute disasters. They don't know what they have under center. They have no clue what they have under center. And anyone who says, no, you just need to give Sam Darnold weapons, or no, you just need to give Sam Darnold a better coach, they're saying that with wishful thinking. You're hoping, you're you're hopeful that if you give Sam Darnold better weapons, he'll be better. You're hopeful that with a better coach, he will be better. But no one knows that for sure. And that's a that's a uh, a question that you can have for a rookie quarterback coming out of year one. That's a question for a young quarterback you can have coming out of year two. You cannot have those questions about a quarterback coming out of year three when you will potentially be in a position to draft what many people believe is the top quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. You cannot still be having those questions. You can't still be having those concerns. You just can't. Like, it can't be what is happening right now. And the easiest situation to compare it to 
is Josh Allen in Buffalo. The Bills entered this season not knowing exactly what they had in Josh Allen. They were hopeful that he was a franchise quarterback. They believed he was a franchise quarterback, but they weren't totally sure if he was yet. They didn't know if he was Blake Bortles, surround him with talent, and, and he can he can win some games for you, or if he was Deshaun Watson, where it doesn't matter who you surround Deshaun Watson with. He will elevate the play of those around him. What the Bills successfully did was they gave him John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley, arguably one of the top five receiving trios in the NFL. They gave him two very good tight ends. They gave him a tremendous running back rotation. They gave him a very good offensive line. Josh Allen was going to sink or swim this season because of Josh Allen, not because of coaching, not because of the offensive line, not because of the receivers, not because of the running backs, not because of injuries, none, none of that mumbo-jumbo garbage. He was going to sink or swim because Josh Allen is either a franchise quarterback or Josh Allen is a guy that, that you got to decide if you want to keep him. Josh Allen is thriving. Josh Allen is a borderline MVP candidate for the Buffalo Bills, a team that looked like one of the best teams in the AFC. Compare that situation to the Jets. You can't say right now Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback. You can't say right now Sam Darnold isn't a franchise quarterback because there are so many variables to this equation that it just, it's ruining any potential evaluation. And the only person that you have to blame, it's not Darnold, it's not Gase. It is the New York Jets organization for not being able to nip this thing in the bud earlier because it is a disaster. It is their worst case scenario. It is their nightmare. And now it is their reality. Well, and it's Ran a over. repeat, right, of, of reality. And when you go back a few years, and we talked about it in week one when uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were going head to head in the Hackenberg Bowl because the Jets didn't take a quarterback that mm -hmm. year, right? Because they thought Christian Hackenberg was going to be pretty yeah. good. And it's the same situation here. Uh, three years later, two years later, three, four, anyway, a few yeah. years and, later. It's time. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. Like, and like I, I don't think like a lot of people are always like that. I get ripped on Twitter like that. Cause again, but it's the court. I've used it. I, I dealt with this with Hackenberg. I dealt with this with Geno Smith. I dealt with this with Bryce Petty. I dealt with this with Jay Keeps. Like everyone wants the quarterback to be the guy. So like anytime you say anything negative about the quarterback, the fan base goes from like this to this. And like half of them are like, yeah, F the quarterback. He sucks. Draft someone else. And the other half are like, screw you. You hate the quarterback. You hate him so much that you just, all you do is criticize him. It's all these other reasons. Like it immediately splits it. And, and it's always the people that are so optimistic and hopeful that he's great. And obviously the people who are pessimistic. And then there's like the fine line who see it in the middle is like, no, you're right. My opinion on Sam Darnold right now, from what I've seen from him in practice, what I've seen from, from him in, in, in the, two plus seasons he's been quarterback is that I genuinely think he is not a bust. I don't believe he is a bust. What I do, what I also don't believe is that he is the Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, um, to a, a, a lesser extent, Jared Goff, where you can put that quarterback in an offense and whoever you surround him with, he will make those guys around him better. I genuinely believe that Sam Darnold can play in the NFL. I genuinely believe that Sam Darnold can be a successful quarterback for an NFL team. But I think that Sam Darnold is the quarterback that needs the A-plus offensive-minded head coach, the very good offensive line, and the playmakers all around him, and a good defense. And then he's still going to make his mistakes during a game. He's good, but he's going to wow you with some plays. And if you give him the perfect situation he can have success if you put Sam Darnold in Josh Allen's situation I don't think that Sam, at this point honestly I don't think Sam Darnold does what Josh Allen's doing but I think Sam Darnold can win with the Bills team if you put Sam Darnold with the Cowboys I think he can win with the Cowboys if you put him with the Chiefs I think he can win with the Chiefs if you put him with Sean McVay he'd have success I just don't believe that Sam Darnold is the guy that will elevate the play of everyone around him and be the reason that you win. At this point, I just I could be wrong. I'm certainly no quarterback evaluator, but that's just how I personally feel at this point. The very questionable part about this now is that if this season goes the way that it looks like it's headed, where the Jets could potentially be a one-win team, a two-win team, or a three-win team, does Joe Douglas look at Sam Darnold and say, okay, I view him the way that Connor does? Or a completely different similar. I hope evaluation. he says it that way too. I hope that's he the, should. In yeah, the press Joe conference. Douglas, loyal, loyal, can't wait listener. But he like he he views it like that same sort of sort of mindset. Would he say, okay, 
I think that Sam Darnold is a guy where we need to give him the perfect situation for him to have success. Then he looks to Trevor Lawrence and says, this guy's a generational quarterback. This is a guy who can run. This is a guy who can pass. This is a guy who can stay healthy. This is a guy who is going to be a top five quarterback. Does he flip Sam Darnold for draft picks and draft Trevor Lawrence and roll the dice that Trevor Lawrence could be a bust and Sam Darnold goes on and has success? I, I don't I don't know what happened. And, and like I said, this is what we talked about, dude. That you can go back. Everyone can go back and listen to old Can't Wait episodes. They can read so many of my old bylines from, from, from June, July, and August because during a pandemic, there wasn't really too much else to write about. The worst case scenario for the Jets was they end 2020 not knowing for sure what Sam Darnold is. And we are full steam ahead. For, the, for, for that situation. And it's hard to imagine this changing in any other way. I mean, it's something that's happened recently in the NFL, team cutting bait and, and just going with another quarterback. You think about the Cardinals, right? Just recently, Josh Rosen, they draft him, and then he they quickly decided he's not the guy. They hire a, a new coach, there. Kyler Murray's. <laughs> Kyler Murray's the ideal quarterback for the new head coach, and bam, make the move. And it was the right move for the Cardinals, obviously, as they are much much improved football team. By the way, uh, a lot of love in the chat for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tim, Tim Tebow when we uh, when there we, we dogged them a little bit. People you, you jumping to the defense of Fitzmagic. You just touched upon something, a uh, huge, huge point, Tim, and I don't even think you realized it, but like you mentioned Kyler, um, um, Cliff Kingsbury wanted his quarterback. Right. Like That's why Josh Rosen was gone and, and Kyler Murray came in. It, the Jets obviously are going to be making a coaching change. I, I think that barring something crazy here the Jets are going to be making a coaching change at the end of this year are you going to hire your next head coach when you have potentially a top three pick and say you have to keep Sam Darnold what you're going to need to do is is you're immediately going to take the potential coaching pool of people that will want to work with Joe Douglas with all the cap space the Jets are going to have and and potentially a top two pick and you're going to cut it in half if you say he has to work with Sam Darnold because there are going to be coaches that look at Sam Darnold's film and say, I don't think he can do it. I mean, you can go back and read Mike Sando does the, the executives unfiltered story for us on The Athletic every year. And you can read what other executives are saying and other talent evaluators are saying about Sam Darnold. That's how they view him right now. So if you handcuff a potential coaching candidate and say, no, 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 you have to work with Sam Darnold, you're going to cut down the potential coaches that you have compared to if you turn around and say, OK, you are going to be our head coach. What do you think of what we have right now? You're going to make this call. If you think Sam Donald is the guy, we've got Sam Donald. If you think Sam Donald isn't the guy, we've got the number two pick and Trevor Lawrence is going to be here. You're going to, like, if you, you can't, that's the biggest thing. I don't think you can go into the draft saying Sam Donald's 100% our quarterback unless you have a concrete evaluation of him because you're just going to cut off the other coaches that are going to work here. It's very similar to like when, when the Jets uh, had all these GMs they wanted to hire but didn't. Because, and they ended up with John Edzik because they had to keep Rex Ryan. It's no different. Right. It's no different. One more question, then we got to uh, move on to some other stuff. But I know it's tricky now because the only interaction you have is on Zoom. But have you had any insight into where Sam Darnold is mentally right now? That conference that we had with him yesterday was as down as I've ever heard him. That guy sounded defeated. He sounded demoralized. He sounded depressed. He looked like somebody that was just out there looking for answers that he was just somebody that that knew something that knows something's wrong sees something is wrong notices that his play is significantly dropping and has no idea why that's that's what i saw from sam Darnold on on zoom but on zoom after that game on sunday and and the question i actually asked adam gates and i think it's something that you might see moving forward here is that when when sam Darnold went through a similar slump last year like he he had mono Came back from Mono, had that huge game against the uh, the the Dallas Cowboys, but then went into a serious tailspin. Like his play really started dropping and and kind of reached its lowest point with that loss to the Dolphins. At that point, he went into Adam Gase's offense and said, "You need to reteach me the offense. Start from scratch, back to page one. Let's redo this and just reteach the offense." After that happened, Darnold's play significantly improved. So when I was talking, when we were talking to Adam Gase on the conference call today, I asked Adam Gase, I referenced that meeting. And, and said, does something similar need to happen right now with Donald in a similar rut where maybe you just simplify things, where maybe he's thinking too much pre-snap. Maybe he's thinking too much after the snap. Maybe there is an information overload with Gase's complex offense that is causing him to have these mental breakdowns and physical breakdowns and technique breakdowns because he's got so much else swimming around in his head that he loses it. And Gase didn't say... Yes, that's what's going to happen. 
but he implied that I think what is what his quote was. And I have to go back and read it, but I, I think his quote was that everything's on the table or something like that, or 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 we're looking at all options, something along those lines. Maybe I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that's basically what he said. So it would not surprise me if if that is the route the Jets take because the quarterback that we just talked to on Zoom on Sunday night that was depre- that was defeated. That was a defeated man who is searching for answers and has no idea where to start. And I think that when things like that start happening, the best thing you can do is simplify it and then see what happens and then build on that simplification because Gase's offense isn't isn't easy. I mean, there's a reason Peyton Manning loved it. I mean, Peyton Manning is one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in the NFL. It's probably why Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, and everyone else who has followed hasn't been able to totally grasp it yet. So maybe simplifying things, maybe making things easier, maybe not making it so much about okay, do this pre-snap, and then if this is this, that is that. Like, throw that all out the window. Get rid of all of that. And instead, just make the focus of simplifying things and making making Sam Darnold's life easier. I think that might be the play next. All right, we're going to get to some good listener questions. But first, a message from DraftKings. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four. And there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You place a bet for $1 on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass up on that? And don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all basketball fans, a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy to deposit or withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week four, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code QUICK during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, I think we should start with this, this question for the Broncos preview. So this is from Andrew. He says, what is the best way to convince myself to stay up until 4.30 a.m. Irish time to watch the Jets versus Broncos? Uh, come up with a drinking game. There do. it is. Although starting drinking a drinking the press box, game, I'd be doing it. Starting a drinking game at four thirty a.m. is, I mean, I mean, Irish time, right? That's yeah. like, dude, he's gonna be like three Irish coffees in already. I mean, that's that's Irish, man. Irish folk know how to drink. My uh, fiance's family is like all Irish, and I trust me, I'm I'm around them enough. They those they know how to put them back. Like those, they're they're partiers. Irish folk are awesome. Like we were, just, I was just down in Wildwood uh, before the game, before I flew into. Um, uh indianapolis again like i said my brain is i i don't do well in sleep my brain is breaking down um but before i flew into indianapolis i was uh in um in north wildwood for irish weekend and and that's always a blast man i'm down there every single every single year so i always find a chance find a way to make it and this year was a little tough i can only be there thursday friday and then i flew out on saturday but uh it's it's I've been around new Irish folk, man. They, you guys, you guys will make a drinking game out of anything. So I think that might be a way to not, not only keep keep him interested in these games, but also uh, the vast majority of Jets Nation. Because, like I said, it might seem like rock bottom, but there are 15 more weeks to fall. Like it is, it is only getting worse from here on out. Andrew Cummins, there you have it. That's what you got to do. You got to stick with this team regardless of the time and and keep it going any way you can. So as for this Broncos team, I was saying like. There's no guarantee there's a win on the schedule for this New York Jets team, but maybe Thursday night is that win because it's not just that the Broncos aren't a great football team. It's that they're so banged up as well. Von Miller's out. Uh, today it was announced Jarrell Casey's out, the defensive tackle. On the offense, the line's not good. Jeff Driscoll is the starting quarterback. I mean, in a lot of ways with, as we said, Adam Gase's job on the line, this is the best chance. Yet you look, the Jets are at home against this banged up team and they're still a three-point underdog yeah i mean it's well again what it goes to is like you can look at all of these other bad teams in the nfl right like i'll bring up tankathon because that's that's always the one that i go to for um like the uh the the draft order to see like all these teams like there are the jets are not the league's only the, the Jets are not the league's Six, only. Six, and three teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not the league's and only. And then there's an 0-2-1 team. 
two oh yeah. two and one teams. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Seriously, the Atlanta Falcons. Right? You saw the Falcons drop drop. What was it? Thirty nine on the Cowboys, and then they lost. I think it was thirty nine points they scored on the Cowboys. Jets, the Giants. Right, like they they look bad against the Niners. Like that, you can't excuse that loss. But they competed in the opener. They competed in week two. What would they do to the Jets? The Denver Broncos, obviously the team up. But what about the Minnesota Vikings? You think the Jets could stop Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen? You think this secondary and this defense would be able to slow them down? Then you have the the Houston Texans, right? Like Houston, you think the Jets? The Jets, the Jets couldn't stop the corpse of Philip Rivers on Sunday. What are they going to do to Deshaun Watson? Like, like I, I forget Hopkins. Like they, they're not going to be such David Johnson. I mean that that guy's literally playing. He's like a ro- he's RoboCop right now with how much his body's been put together with surgeries. They're going to shut him down too. Like, are they, how are they going to shut him down? Like the Cincinnati Bengals. You see what Joe Burrow looks like? That guy's making plays now for a crappy Bengal team that Sam Darnold hasn't made in the last three years. Like these other winless teams, there's no comparison. So you can look at like the 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 Broncos and say like, man, that team struggles here, that team struggles there. Man, this team's that or this team's that. There is such a stark difference between the Jets and all of these other preconceived terrible teams in the NFL. And the reason why there is is because we keep going back to this. The Jets are not competing. The Jets, the, these games aren't close. It's not like the Jets have bad luck. It's not like it was a a, a bad bounce or or a bad call or or a, a, a field goal that went off the upright or or a a, a, a fumble or a turnover, or an interception or, or just an injury. Like it, Sam Darnold went out for a half and, and that hurt him. None of that's happening. The Jets have had, aside from their receivers, they've had the players they need. They've had their weeks to prepare. And they're still going out there and laying these duds where they just take the field completely unprepared. They take the field and they are not competitive and they just get blown out. So I'm sorry, but there's no team on this list of winless teams or one-win teams or anything like that that would lead you to believe that the Jets should be favored, even at home. I mean, the 49ers went in there. They lost their top two defensive linemen. They lost their quarterback. They lost their running back. They were already down their secondary and offensive linemen and receivers, and they blew the Jets out, and it wasn't even close. I mean, they could have scored 50 if they wanted to. They called the dogs off. So, no, I mean, I'm not surprised they're not favored. I I, I honestly, we do these picks every week. I don't know if I would even dabble with the Jets' money line with the chance of, oh, they're home and they're fighting for Adam Gase because the Jets have done nothing the first three weeks to make anyone believe that they are capable of competing with even the worst teams in the NFL. That's a fact. We're also not sure they're fighting for Adam Gase. Is that fair to say? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, after what yeah. happened last week, they call it like you had two defensive players call out the the basically the team and the coaching staff for not practicing hard enough. And they responded by two defensive leaders. Bradley McDougal's a leader. Avery Williamson's a leader. Call out this team for their practicing effort and the need to step it up. And the Jets responded by having their worst game of the season. <laughs> like, like well, what the hell, man? Like, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. Like that, literally, like you would guys call each other out. Like basically, you're basically on the verge of like a players only meeting and you back it up by quite literally having an even worse game. So I, I don't, I, I don't know who they're fighting for. I really don't. If they, if they don't realize that their head coach is getting canned, if they don't win this game based off of their, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I also know that if the Jets don't win this game, where the hell are the other wins coming from? Because maybe they can split one with the Dolphins. Maybe they can steal one from like a trap game team. But like the teams the Jets have on their schedule, man, they are disciplined. They are good. They are they are ready to make legitimate runs aside from maybe the two games against the Miami Dolphins. And it's hard to imagine anyone sleeping on the Jets because they seem like they're these other teams are just competitive enough and, and knowledgeable enough to know that every game in the NFL counts. Anything else standing out in the chat, Marissa? Um, this is another uh, comment from Michael Agello. He said, I'm really grateful to get the Jets game out of the way on Thursday and have a full Sunday of potentially good football. So I thought that was a pretty funny comment. Aren't we that all? Aren't we? I mean, we talked yeah. about last week football. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. About and, and- you needing that that palate cleanser. Now this weekend, we get a whole weekend of just, um, you know, potentially really good football. Good and, football, and good games a- that start at one o'clock, right, Tim? And then good games that start oh, at you are, oh, 425, right, Tim? I thought I was avoiding it. I guess I get this for like okay, ripping so, you for your coffee taste. Oh. Yeah, he ripped me for his coffee takes. He did write a nice comment about me I just saw in the chat okay. while I was doing the DraftKings ad. But I think everybody needs to know, we, we talked about the pants gate earlier in the year. So remembered pants. Connor texts. He brought his Tim. pants this week. Yes, he did bring his pants to Indy. Thank God. But Connor texts Tim and I a picture. Oh no! First, he starts by asking what time it is. And oh, I'm this like, is so uh, good. What do you mean? <laughs> what time is it? Thinking, okay, maybe his phone didn't switch. Maybe they're in Central Time. Something's wrong. Nope. He sends a photo of himself all dressed up and says something 
cocky. It's like it's snack o'clock. And I'm like, seriously, this is exactly what I did not need. Oh, to wake up all my friends got that too. Sunday all morning. my friends got that tweet. Oh, it was so good. So then, you know, football is getting ready to start. Connor, Texas. I didn't realize the Jets game is at four o'clock. He was leaving the hotel, going to the stadium, and overheard someone say, Oh, I get to watch the Colts today since oh, yeah. they're on at four. And Connor said, What do you mean they're on at it's, that's a true story. As he's on his way to the stadium for a 1 p.m. game. So we saved you the embarrassment. Out, yeah. As we call oh, yeah. out Adam Gase and Sam Darnold, Connor needs to be called out as well. Yeah, I said, I, I jinx, well, I jinxed myself because I, I sent a tweet out that because I remembered my pants, I clearly had knocked off the uh, the preseason rust. And and for people asking about the pancake, like I had shorts. Like I didn't remember no articles of bottom, like bottom third clothing. Like I had my shorts, I had gym shorts, I had everything. I just didn't remember my like my jeans to wear with the blazer. I was like, crap. So that's when I had to run out to the store. But this was a goal. The Jets always play one o'clock. Like, I don't know why I never thought to check the time because the Jets have been so bad the last three years that they're always the one o'clock game that the NFL just gets out of the way and it's over with. They're never prime time. They're never four o'clock. They're never any of that stuff. So I was like, okay, it's a Colts game. The Jets are terrible again. It's one o'clock. And literally, as you said, I'm walking out the hotel ready to get to the stadium at 11.15 in time for the uh, in time for the inactives when I heard the receptionist go, um, or concierge desk go, uh, yeah, I can't, I'm so excited to watch the Colts because they play at four. And I was like, oh. Well, as <laughs> he made a joke that. about what time it is, he, you know, yeah. like was yeah, being right. all funny guy. I did drop earlier. the ball on that. I did drop the ball on that because in, in hindsight. seven you texted. I legit yeah. just found out the Jets play at four. God damn yep. it. <laughs> Yeah, I the was best mistaken. would have been if you had gotten to the stadium and they had they wouldn't let you in because yeah, you were too early. Starts at one. Yeah, yeah. The the worst part was snack o'clock is not as good as uh, quarter past or was it quarter of quarter of fine. That's what that was the other one. I was like, man, I should have used that. I think I used that one on. Uh, I texted somebody else. I was like, that was that was a good one. I used all of them. Yeah, I was I'm gonna start tweeting seven. these pictures Connor sends us so everyone, <laughs> oh, yeah. all well, of our great gonna, listeners, gonna, can get yeah. involved and really understand what it's like. Yeah. To, I don't know. Increase your influ- influencer status, Marissa. Yeah, might send her down a bit. Actually, actually, yeah, you probably will. I will. Yeah, we got to get Marissa's followers back up again. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for uh, for jumping on the chat and joining us here. If you are here on YouTube, otherwise, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, we mentioned it. Give us a rating, review, subscribe to the show as well, and you'll get it delivered to your phone. As soon as it comes out each time, we'll be back again on Friday this week because of the game on Thursday. We'll have a recap on Friday. Will it be an emergency Adam Gase was fired podcast? Who knows? Only time will tell. But either way, whether or not they have their head coach, we'll have our next podcast for you coming out on Friday. If you need a subscription to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast for just $1 per month. You can join The Athletic right now. Connor's on Twitter at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm at Tim M. McMaster, and Marissa's at Marissa M. Morris. Have a great day, everyone.